kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Come in, Orson. Come in, Orson. Mark Orson. Come in, you blimpship. Here I am, Mark. What did you do this week? Oh, sir, I played the Wizard of Oz. I gave the Tin Man a heart. Is that another of your weird analogies? Oh, no, sir, just a movie metaphor. See, what actually happened, sir, is there was this robot. He was nothing but a bunch of nuts and bolts, and I helped him become a person. You built a monster? No, sir. I made a friend. If you made a friend, why are you so sad? Well, sir, I lost him. Can't you make another? No, sir. Well, I could, but I haven't got the heart for it. What do you mean? Well, sir, you know when you create someone and you nurture them, they grow. Well, there comes a time when they, they have to lead their own life. Or die their own death. And now your friend is gone forever? Oh, no, sir. No. I'll always keep him right here. <coughs> Till next week, sir. Greetings and salutations, fellow Sky Watchers, listening from coast to coast. That was Mork and Mindy. And uh, I know it's a somber way to start the show, but, you know, we weren't on last week, and I'm a huge Robin Williams fan, and I just wanted to play that in tribute to one of the truly brilliant comedians, one of the most gifted actors that ever has uh, graced uh, cinema, and uh, one of my favorite actors of all times who've passed away. Uh, such a tragic, tragic loss. Uh, hopefully it doesn't uh, bring the mood down. We are going to have a great show tonight, guys. But uh, just uh, I've been moved all week by all the reaction to his uh, passing. And I uh, really wanted to uh, start the show with a tribute to the great Robin Williams. Alan, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. Funny as it is, I was actually making it my business to watch Bicentennial Man uh, earlier today. What's your favorite Robin Williams movie, man? Because, you know, everybody has a favorite Robin Williams movie. I mean, this is, it's crazy, uh, you know, since his passing. uh, This is uh, the craziest thing. Since his passing now, everybody's kind of uh, taking notice of the man's life. You know what I mean? Everybody is, uh, you know, going out and watching his movies more. They're getting played on Netflix like crazy. Uh, There's this resurgence now in the interest on Robin Williams, uh, which is kind of crazy to me because we all kind of grew up watching Robin Williams. You know, he's always kind of been there since the 70s and 80s. I mean, he's been around for a very long time. No, and, true. Uh, 
And uh, he's done so many wonderful films. I mean, what's your favorite movie? Uh, if you have one, if you're, I really honestly, I, yeah, I really don't actually have one that really stands out incredibly well to me. Um, you know, he's had more than one good movie. Uh, there's really, yeah, I can't. I I just can't. It's tough. I think my favorite um, would have to be What Dreams May Come, ironically enough, uh, which is it deals with death. And uh, deals with uh, you know going to the other side and, and losing uh, loved ones and and it's it's weird because we have lost a loved one in a way you know we like I said we kind of all grown up with Robin Williams. Well, he did make an impact on a lot of people's lives with yeah, his he did. his humor and you know his just his energy in general. Um, when he was on stage, I mean, I loved his live performances. I saw him at least twice in my life uh, live performance. Uh, and I'm telling you, it was really, really, it was a sight to behold how he, how much of it was actually probably scripted, but how much he thought on the fly to make up for jokes that didn't go over as well as he had hoped. That's the amazing thing about Robin Williams. Uh, you know, he was a, a, a brilliant comedian. Like, he could stand up there and just tell jokes all day long. And I've done a little stand-up comedy myself, and I know how difficult it is to go on stage and, and do a little comedy and just be funny and not bomb. You know, that's, a, that's a very, very difficult. But he would do stuff on the improv, man. Like, he would improv uh, for minutes and, you know, go right off the top and just uh, improvise everything. And the way he would do it, 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 I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, he would not miss a beat. Uh, I think Conan O'Brien was uh, one of the uh, one of the um, late night hosts who recently said that he was uh, the greatest person to interview ever on late night, and um, he actually played a couple of clips in tribute to uh, Robin Williams, and he played an old clip from a few years ago when he had him on the show, and he literally said on that show, "This is the greatest person to interview on late night TV," because he really uh, what he does on the on the fly is just it was incredible, oh. uh, incredible to watch. So. Absolutely. It, it, you know, his humor will be missed and just him in general will be missed. Uh, that's that's all I can say to it. You know, I'm not trying to sound somber. You know, I'm not trying to sound depressed and blah over it, but, you know. I've been a bit depressed. I got to say, this one really, uh, this one was really tough, man. I, like I said, I'm a huge Robin Williams fan. So this one really, really, uh, it hit me hard. You know what I mean? Because, uh, like I said, he's been one of those uh, actors who's just, he's always been there. He's really funny and he's such a nice man. I mean, this guy was a, a giver. You know what I mean? He gave to charity like crazy he you know he did uh, the comic relief stuff every uh, year with the comedians and just constantly given and given and given uh, even when conan i mean he had a, a really funny story when uh, when he lost uh, the tonight show gig uh, you know, he was going through the whole depression and stuff, and you know, which right. happens. He just lost the Tonight Show, and that's a big, big deal. You know what I mean? Uh, and he was depressed, and and Robin just called him out of the blue one day, and he said, "Conan, I got a gift for you. You're gonna love it." And he sent him over this gift, and it was this big, weird green, you know, uh, bicycle. Just a really strange-looking, uh, basically, Conan's Irish, so uh, he was going with the, with the whole green Irish. Uh, and uh, Conan said, uh, you know, it was ridiculous, but it was the, the joke behind it to lift his spirits, you know what I mean? And he called Robin, and Robin was like, uh, so is it ridiculous? And he was like, yeah. And he goes, are you going to look ridiculous right in it? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, okay, now smile, you know? It, like, that kind of <laughs> sense of humor was just an incredible thing to to witness. And he, and he and Conan were, like, really close friends. I mean, he just did that out of the blue. 
Conan said. So, uh, an amazing person. I, I really am going to miss Robin Williams a great deal. And uh, rest in peace. I mean, hopefully the tabloids don't go crazy like they like they do with everybody, like they did with Michael Jackson and every celebrity that passes away in, in a controversial way. I hope they kind of really let this dude just rest in peace, man. Well, either that or his house is going to end up being haunted. It's one or the other. That's probably going to end up happening anyway. By the way, uh, yes, I don't have my regular sounding voice. Uh, I know some of you are, are depressed right now because you're like, what's going on with uh, Angel's voice? It doesn't sound as sexy as normal. I'm maybe not you, Alan. I know it's not you, but I'm having a few people tweet me saying, "What's up with your voice, dude?" And I'm a little bit under the weather, so I can't get too loud because I am a little bit sick still. Last week, unfortunately, we weren't able to do the show because of my illness. Now, Alan here uh, was all ready to go. I know you were gung ho to do the show. Oh last man, week. Uh, you you made me you take were Jones in, bro. I, I was Jones because I had the luxury of being able to take my my Tuesday midday power nap to be up and conscious for this show at the hour to end the time slot that we're in. And, of course, I had to pull out at the last minute. And apologies uh, to Jason Martell. Uh, man, you know, he, he's a really uh, understanding person. But uh, He was not have... a happy camper, I'm sure. Oh, well, you know, it, it, well, it's kind of a funny thing. Uh, he, he doesn't seem like he's upset, but I'm pretty sure deep down he was, man, you know, wasted his night. Uh, but he'll be on with us in a, in a couple of weeks. And uh, we have a packed show tonight, guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, a yeah, lot of be... folks are going to be on with us. It's people juggling night. Yes. Tonight is what I like to call the night of the regulars. Dun, dun, dun. Think about that. I don't know. Do you have that sound effect on file? I do, but I'm I'm too sick to... Yeah, but I'm too sick to look for it right now, to be honest. But it's in here somewhere. Okay, but you you, all you folks know what we're talking about when we do the dun-dun-dun. Yeah, everybody knows. When I say Night of the Regulars, you know, you've uh, seen uh, or heard these uh, folks before they've been on the show here. Uh, we're going to uh, start off in uh, in a few minutes, actually, in about uh, 20 minutes or 25 minutes with William Michael Mott. Uh, he's going to be with us for the first uh, segment of the show after the intro dialogue, monologue, whatever you want to call this. Uh, and he'll be with us uh, for the remaining first hour of the show, which is always a lot of fun to catch up with Mike. Uh, of course, he is uh, one of the uh, dynamic duo of the Outer Edge Radio, which is, is a great Is that where I program. go dun-dun-dun? No. That's, no, that's not where you go dun-dun-dun. That's where I go. No, no, the Outer I, I, Edge. The Outer Edge. And now you want, You know what we need? We need that Lord We need the, the creepy the law music. The order sound. No, you I need think the, the sicker, order sound. Well, you know, the sicker I sound, though, I think the cooler it'll sound to me saying the Outer Edge. See, you have to do with the outer. <coughs> you know, it's funny. I was going to say, I sounded like uh, a few days ago, like if I had like throat cancer, it was the worst, man. I sounded like uh, Sylvia Brown. Oh, I thought you were going to say the guy on the commercial with the hole that he's got to clean out while well, he's in the shower. Him, him and Sylvia Brown were kind of, that's pretty close. I mean, they kind of sounded very similar. I was like, you know, I, I, dude, I, I could only imagine doing the show last week with uh, with Jason Marteau and asking him some questions like, so what do you think of Roswell? <laughs> dude, like that, dude, that's dude. what I sounded like. You, you know, know what you really honestly sound like? You sound like the transvestite that the surgery didn't go well. That's what it is. That's cold-blooded, my friend. <laughs> if you heard how you sounded, you know how people don't know Yay! how they actually sound unless they hear it being played back to them. Yeah, Trust well, I'll he- yeah, I- it was out there. I'll I'll hear it on the uh, 
on the rebroadcast later here on the Dark Matter Radio Network, which, by the way, guys, you are listening to. I know I'm not my normal normal chipper self, uh, but uh, we are on the Dark Matter Radio Network. you got to give a plug to the uh, network that carries the show every single week. Uh, also, PSN Radio, two uh, networks that carry the show. And uh, we're, you know, we're going to have uh, Mike Mott on in a few, but uh, we have a couple stories that we want to get through. And uh, I'm going to let you start off for once, because, again, I am under the weather, and i got to sip my tea. Okay. Proper. Drinking some tea tonight, folks. Not Mountain Dew. But I'm going to okay. let you start off because I know you had a really cool story from Plunkett and you wanted to go over that. Plunkett? Plunkett. I don't know. Plunkett. I don't know. Plunkett. Plankton. Plankton, whatever. Plankton. Say, it's an aquatic thing. Plunkett, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I'm, look, man, I'm still, Dude, I'm like, I'm just, high off the robotussin. Just, just, right yeah, now. just put some rum in your tea and shut up. All right, I'm gonna um, you go ahead and get the story underway. And, yeah, uh, uh, it was really found to be tea. really, really interesting that uh, plankton was actually found in space. Uh, the sea creatures were discovered living on the exterior of the International uh, Space Station. Uh, the article actually says traces of plankton and other microorganisms have been found living on the exterior of the ISS, according to Russian space officials. Uh, they claim the plankton were not carried there at the launch, but were thought to have been blown there by the air currents on Earth, which I find really, really cool. Uh, incredibly, the tiny organisms were found to be able to survive in the vacuum of space despite the freezing temperatures and lack of oxygen, not to mention cosmic radiation. Uh, the discovery was actually made during a routine spacewalk by the Russian cosmonaut Oleg Artemitriev and Alexander Stravoskis. I, I would have I never been able right. to pronounce that right. Never. Okay. No. Who were launching nanosatellites into space. Um, they used wipes to polish the surface of the windows, uh, also known as illuminators in the Russian segment of the ISS, and later found the presence of plankton and other microorganisms using high-precision equipment. Um, I found that to be really rather cool. I don't know if any... That's an interesting story. If that could survive in outer space, I wonder what other extremophiles that are on the Earth can also do that. Um, oh, yeah, no, check this out. I was going to say, uh, th- that's a definite interesting story, but, you know, they actually covered something similar to this on uh, Cosmos uh, with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse. Okay, how so? Wa- um, well, they, they talk about these uh, these exact planktons, or whatever they're called, as microorganisms that could live in space, and uh, they actually had a whole segment about them on one of the shows. It was really, really interesting stuff. Blew right mm-hmm. over my head, because I don't know how I didn't think it'd survive in the vacuum of space. So, uh, because that, you suck yeah. in the vacuum of space. Well, exactly. That's the, the yeah. problem. But, uh, yeah, no, look, I love that show, Cosmos. I suggest everybody watches it, download it, watch it on Netflix, wherever you got to get it. Uh, but there is one of the episodes uh, on this exact subject. And that brings up a heck of, a, of an interesting question, because if you have... Uh, this at a you know microscopic level, but you know there could be a creature bigger that is traveling through space that is a, a living creature, not a UFO made out of metal parts. Oh, absolutely! I saw that, that space whale well episode, yeah. and I saw the Doctor Who space uh, whale episode. Uh, shout out to the Doctor yeah. Who. Well, it's right around the corner. Yes, it two is. more days. Oh boy, I'm excited. I've already seen it, but. Um... I'm not going to tell you how. Naughty. Did you, did you see the yeah, other leaked? Yeah, ah, why? Why'd you do that to yourself, Alan? Because I wanted to see what happened. What's the new <laughs> Doctor Who like? I want to see if he's gonna, you know, what he's going to do and how he's going to do. But I'll tell you, my favorite character is back as usual. 
Uh, who, Clara? No, Strax is my favorite. Oh, Strax is awesome. Yeah. I, man, I was saying last season, Strax like, needed his own like series. I mean, he's you hysterical. Know, honestly, that I, I would watch that. Yeah, I would watch that. Absolutely. I think just, you know, and if they kill Strax since he's a clone, they just make another one. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but the humor, the, 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 the humor out of Strax is incredibly funny. The same way Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy yet? Amazing movie. Okay. Loved it. The first <laughs> Marvel semi-comedy superhero movie. They did a good job. But it they, did. Yeah, they were fantastic. It was fantastic. I, I loved. Man, Marvel's just kicking butt epically, aren't they? I mean, in, wow. Yeah, this well. this movie's already crossing uh, 230 million. It's back at number one, by the way, uh, at the box office. The Turtles was number one for the last two weeks, and this just took it out of number one on Monday. Uh, so Monday night, as of Monday night, is back at number one, which is amazing because it's four weeks now in. All and, I can uh, say is ha ha to DC. But although yeah, I'm, hear- no I'm hearing rumors that uh, Disney is making an offer for Warner Brothers. Oh, and, wouldn't that be something? And and since. Warner Brothers owns the DC franchise. Uh, that could be turned out to be rather interesting. Think about that. They could have, you could finally really have Superman versus Captain America. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would. Well, I don't know. Here's a good question: Would would Superman's heat ray eyes uh-huh. bounce off or melt Captain America's shield? Whoa, that's a good question. I think it would melt right through it. I don't I mean, know. He, he's Superman, dude. I it mean, depends how just... shiny it is. It might reflect. I mean, they always show you know they always show Superman when they aim a mirror at his laser eyes. It always bounces somewhere else. I'm just wondering. I don't know, man. I, that would be a hell, hell of a good fight, though. I always wanted to see that crossover and uh, and to see that cinematically one day would be epic. Really no, no, I, I, I would love to see a Batman Captain America duke it out, or Batman versus That'd Iron cool. Man duke it out. But see, you know, Batman versus any superhero with superpowers really is not a. Good that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying Iron Man. Batman, yeah, but versus he, Iron Man. Man, yeah, but Iron Man has a, a suit, man, that makes him a lot so, more wait, powerful. So wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Superman doesn't have enough suits. He can come up with a with a uh, versus Iron Man suit. Come on, dude. But he, he, Batman can beat Superman because of Kryptonite. I mean, now we're really getting geeky here, folks. I'm sorry, but uh, that's just a fact. We all know Kryptonite would would destroy Superman. He falls to his knees like a weakling when there's Kryptonite around. He just can't. He can't handle the. Well, hold on. They they haven't introduced Kryptonite in the new Man of Steel just yet, so we don't know. Uh Aha. Because he was on a Kryptonian ship. Obviously, there must have been Kryptonian. um, You know, I got I got a whole theory on that. I got no. I got a whole theory on, on what's going to happen here for the sequel. And you get guys. Uh, we're going to get geeky here for just a split second. You can mark this down if you want. Uh, August twentieth, twenty fourteen. This is my theory. Okay, uh, and you could YouTube this if you if, if it happens. Uh, this is what's going to happen in Men of Steel. There was the World Engine. Remember, that was destroying right. the world for a little while until Superman took it out of uh, and destroyed it. Uh, right. There was cause and effect. There was a, an effect for what the World Engine was doing. They, were, they did cause some kind of a, of a problem. And I think part of the side effect of what it ended up doing before he took it out of uh, and destroyed it was it was kind of mutating the Earth. And what, the remnants of whatever was left was kryptonite. 
uh, I have a theory that Lex Luthor in this one is going to be ha- is going to be the one who discovers the kryptonite within the Earth that was made by the World Engine, and he's going to try to use that against Superman in the movie. And it'll be something that he okay. discovers. Uh, there's talk the Metallo might be in the movie. But I'm a real big Superman geek, so that you know, hopefully, I, this I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the hottie as Wonder Woman. She's looking better. I'll say that much. Yeah, she is looking absolutely. Better. And, and that picture, you yeah. know, the plot line is is from what I'm hearing, the plot line is is that the Amazonians are actually some offshoot colony of uh, Krypton. So she's right. actually, you know, I, I don't know how I don't know I don't how know I feel if, about that. By the way, I'm not I'm, feeling. I'm that. still not. You know, it explains how she flies. But um, I saw this really cool picture of a hangar that had the invisible plane in it, and it was a really beautiful hangar. <laughs> That's an old joke, but a funny one. Okay, fine. You know, it never gets old. That's that's a good joke. Never but, gets old. But but uh, Carl Dago is going to be Aquaman. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, Jason Momoa, huh? Jason Momoa, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. It, it, it'll be interesting if he gets a haircut. Um, he looks know, like I'm, Lobo, man. Like he should play Lobo. Even he said it in some interview. Yeah, like, he, oh, he, I should play Lobo. Would... Like I look like Lobo. Like dude <laughs> said it. Why the heck are they not casting this guy as Lobo? I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, seriously. I don't know. That would have been a really brilliant thing. I could. You know uh, what I'm saying? I should be a casting director for Warner Brothers. That's what should happen here because I would cast these movies accordingly and properly. Anyway, moving on to some other stories because this is becoming a geek fest, and this kind of topic is saved for a different show that I'm on, so it's not this one. Uh, Sorry, I don't participate in that show, so, you know, I just got my geek out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wish my geek out there. You can always participate. That's on Thursday nights, by the way. Yeah, what show is that? That's the Roundtable Show on PSN Radio. Yeah. Plug for those guys. There we go. Yeah, I'm busy uh, doing other stuff. Sorry, I could find. Both. Oh yeah, he, he's on the cool. He sits with the cool kids. That's what. Yeah, it is. yeah, and if he, and if you don't shut up, I'm going to steal your lunch money. That's what it is. Yeah, he, he can't spend any time with us uh, dorky uh, nerds talking about. Actually, no, no, no. I, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm going to Dragon Con. What are you talking? No, about? No, this is true. You are the king of the dorks. Yeah, no, that's true. He is. I'm going to Dragon Con. Going to party my butt off as usual every year and every year. All right. Ain't nothing wrong with that, my friend. Check this out: Intelligent Life Lottery. This is coming up, uh, coming to us from. Oh yeah, 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 I saw that. This is a really good story. We have a few minutes before we got to go on break and get Mike on here, so let's uh, go through this real quick. All right, fine. Uh, and I'm and I'm going to read this myself, so bear with me. My throat's still a little bit hoarse, uh, but I wanted to get to this real bad. Check this out: Almost 20 years ago, in the uh, pages of an obscure publication called uh, Bioastronomy News, two giants in the world of science argued over whether SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, had a chance of succeeding. Carl Sagan, as eloquent as ever, gave his standard answer with billions of stars in our galaxy. There must be other civilizations capable of transmitting electromagnetic waves. By uh, scouring the skies with radio telescopes, we just might intercept a signal, he said. But Sagan's opponents, uh, the great evolutionary uh, biologist Ernest Mayer, uh, thought that the chances were close to zero against Sagan's stellar billions he posed his own astronomical numbers of uh, the billions of species that have lived and died since life began. Now check this out. Only one Homo sapiens, as we know, right, had developed a science and a technology and a curiosity to explore the stars, he said. And that took about, what, 3.5 billion years of evolution? High intelligence, Mayor concluded, must be extremely rare here, anywhere, Earth most abundant life uh, or life forms are un, 
Um, or just uh, slime, he says. So they're not intelligent life like we are. And that's true. Most of uh, Earth life, even the semi-intelligent ones, are nothing like uh, human beings, you know? Like, dolphins are really intelligent, but uh, you yeah, but hold on, hold on. With all that history... Driving cars. That, yeah, but, you know, all we have is a record of human history for the past, maybe, if we're lucky, the past 10,000 years. God only knows what's right. come before us. But the point we is well taken. Yeah, but the point is well taken. You know, 3.5 billion years of evolution, it took... Uh, well, that's what we think scientifically. We, we Honestly, we don't even know if that's There's a lot of prehistory <laughs> we don't know about. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to okay. shut up right now about that, because that's very true. But it says here, since the debate uh, with Sagan, uh, more than 1,700 planets have been discovered. 1,700 planets, Alan, have been discovered beyond the solar system, Seven, uh, 700 of them, of them just this year alone. Think about and that. And I'm wondering 700. how many of them are in the Goldilocks zone. Now, astronomers recently estimated that uh, one out of every five sun-like stars in the Milky Way alone might be orbited by a world capable of supporting some kind of life. Now, this is about 40 billion potential habitable planets, but Mayer, who died in 2005 at the age of 100, probably wouldn't have been impressed by this reckoning of the odds, uh, and would still be uh, would still say that it's very low chances of anything but slime. Being well, on these planets, uh, he says no evidence. Uh, he said no evidence had yet emerged to prove him wrong. Uh, maybe we're just not looking hard enough. Since well, he began, do oh, you remember the last? Do you remember hold the on. last? Okay, fine. I'll hold on. Let me finish here, and we'll, and we'll go to the hold on. Uh, since, and this is really uh, important because it makes an excellent point. Since SETI began in the early 1960s, it has struggled for uh, for the money that it takes to monitor even a fraction of the sky. In an online essay for the conversation last week, Seth Shostak, the senior astronomer for SETI Institute, uh, lamented how how little has actually been allocated for the uh, quest, just a fraction of NASA's budget. Now, think about that for a second. Since the oh, 60s, I, I understand it. They've been searching the skies, and they've really only done a fraction, a small little tiny fraction. There's a lot of skies, uh, skies out there, and we've oh, yeah, discovered 1,700 yeah, planets. Hold up, hold it's up, amazing. Before looking for the planets, look, let's look for the near-Earth asteroids we got to avoid. That's, okay. yeah, that we got to worry about those. Okay, and, yeah. and as I was saying before, uh, when, since you mentioned slime once or twice there, uh, did you ever see the last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? I did, but I've, uh, well, let's just say that I've done stuff that is not legal in Florida yet, uh, a lot since then, and, uh, well, I've kind of forgotten, so uh, <laughs> no, no, refresh the, my memory. At the end of the episode, he's, you know, the whole thing at the end of the episode was is that uh, it was possible that humanity didn't happen, all because... Of Patrick Stewart's character, uh, Captain Picard, in anti-time, making it so that the primordial slime didn't eventually evolve into humanity. Huh. So, it might start off as slime, but guess what? Hmm. With all the things that can happen out there, all the possibilities, I think Morgan Freeman said it best in War of the Worlds, Mm-hmm. Life will find a way. Well, yeah. well, here's the thing also, and um, this is a very important uh, thing we have to keep in mind. Uh, we, we, we know a fraction of what's out there, just a very small fraction, but as far as we know and our scientists have, uh, have theorized over the years, uh, space is infinite for the most part, that we can see, that we can you know, understand. If it's infinite, that means infinite possibilities, infinite amounts of planets out there, infinite amount of life. I don't care how many billions of years they say the Big Bang happened. Uh, nobody was around for 13, 15 billion years ago to prove it. So, uh, yeah, they could uh, tell me all kinds of stuff and run all kinds of data and numbers are at me, but honestly, nobody was there. 
to say that the Big Bang happened the way it happened. And I believe in evolution, by the way, so let's just... Uh, Throw that out there. Anyway, guys, we've got to go to commercial break. We'll be back in a few minutes with William Michael Mott, one of the hosts of The Outer Edge, right here on Skywatchers Radio. And you're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio on all sore throat radio. We'll be right back. <laughs> team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology preventative maintenance and networking support hardware and custom built computers let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly monthly or annual rates to fit anyone's budget call key information solutions now 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Talk Stream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Listen to Podcast UFO at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC GMT each Wednesday evening. We take a look at our fascinating universe in our astronomy segment. And then host Martin Willis interviews guests on topics including UFO sightings, abductions, and cover-ups. Guests are noted scientists, sighting witnesses, investigators, and skeptics, and have included Stan Friedman. Leslie Kane, Colby Landrum, Travis Walton, Dr. Seth Shostak, Robert Hastings, David Jacobs, and many more. You can even interact with our guests by joining the chat room live at podcastufo.com. So, see you this Wednesday at 9pm Eastern Standard on the Dark Matter Radio Network. And remember, in the meantime, keep your eyes to the sky. 
Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. All right, everybody, we are back live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. This is Skywatchers Radio, and remember, we have open lines if you guys want to call in. doesn't matter what part of the Rockies you are, west, east, south. Heck, even if you're on the other side of the equator, you can call in 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. You can find us on Skype by looking up PSN Radio. Also, check out our Skywatchers page over at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio, and, of course, skywatchersradio.com. With us now, the guest of the first hour, Mr. William Michael Mott, the host, or co-host, I should say, of The Outer Edge. Welcome, my friend. It's been a while since you've been on the show with us. Yeah, it has. Thanks for asking me to be on, man. You, you say I'm the guest of the first hour. You mean the guest of the first of the of the second half hour? Well, the second half of the first. The first hour, hour of the second <laughs> half hour. That's right. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. So what's new like with that. you, man? What's in, what's new in uh, in uh, Mike Mott's world? Uh, oh, give man. us an update on what you're working on. Just different stuff, you know. I've, I've talked about it on the on the radio show a little bit. I don't know when, but I guess I'm. I'm more. I'm somewhat slated to be on uh, Ancient Aliens this season, so yes, that's coming up. That's I'm awesome. not sure when is that going to happen. You don't know the date yet. Uh, you know, it was going to be the third episode, and then they pushed it back because they're still working on it, and they're actually using some stuff from two of my books. So, which you know, topic? It, um, I don't know if I should say yet or not because I don't want to uh, steal their thunder on that. Well, you know, when, does the season, <laughs> when does the season start anyway? <laughs> Seasons. We're, they just had the fourth episode. So you said it was in the third, so I'm sure it's... Yeah, on, so it's, it's been pushed back. It's on the slate, because, I'm sure. Yeah, in fact, I, I provided them with some more imagery and stuff this past week, but, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty exciting. Imagery, and, does that, that mean you did something with your hair, too? Uh-oh. Uh, not much hair there to do anything with, man. Oh, it's hard. But uh, anyway, they... Uh, <laughs> um, I like the you hair. Know, you, him, and, yeah, him and Giorgio Tukaloos should just, like, get together. I and cannot pronounce some. his name. <laughs> See, and that's the one name I can pronounce, and I'm the the one that can't pronounce names on the show. <laughs> I thought it was Sukulus, but you know, Sukulus. That's me. I know, yeah, but he's whatever. got this other new show that I actually liked. He was looking, yeah, it's pretty good. The, you know, the one I saw, he was looking for the Loch Ness monster and and yeah. Lake Sh- <laughs> and Champ. You know, funny as it is, I've actually been boating on Lake Champlain. Didn't see anything. <laughs> yeah, mm, you never went, but, but it saw you because it wasn't real. But anyway. 
yeah, I'm going to be on there, and uh, so that's definitely supposed to happen. And then uh, that's very uh, cool. And by the way, I also have started rereading some ufology from way back. Oh no, kidding! So, yeah, John Keel. Um, oh, good so, stuff. Yeah, good read. Um, good to read. Real good. There's a there's a book that he has, which was really rare for a long time. If you can get it, check it out. It's called The Eighth Tower. Um, but uh, it, it's the it's the book where he really goes into his his ideas about the electromagnetic, well, not, not just the electromagnetic magnetic spectrum, but what he calls the super spectrum, which is sort of the spectrum of all of reality. You know, it encompasses everything from gravity to cosmic rays to, you know, just, just the gamut. And he makes it work very well. He shows how, you know, how UFOs may actually be uh, from elsewhere on the spectrum rather hmm. than from other planets. So are we going back to like we're all living in a hologram kind of thing? Or in a wave, more, more like in a wave, right? I, you know, I think that his point is that uh, it's all energy, and really it is. I mean, yes, you know, a- atoms are mostly empty space, and we only perceive solid things because we're made of solid, what seems solid to us. So, you know. Um, you know, I had a conversation with a guest, uh, Mike, not to cut you off, uh, but I had a conversation with a guest recently on uh, on the Jackal's Head Mother, my Sunday show. Um, maybe a few weeks ago, and uh, the topic of Mars came up, and uh, they told me, "Oh, Mars is largely populated with life. There's intelligent life there now, and uh, you know NASA and the U.S. knows about it. There's definitely some life there, and there's pictures you can look at them." And then they showed me some pictures, and I saw rocks and dust and debris, yeah. you know, and, and just natural debris, not anything man-made or alien-made, just natural stuff, you know, laying around. And I asked, "Where's the life?" They're like, well, it's a different spectrum. Oh, no, so no, we can't no, no, no. see. So we can't see the life. That's exactly right. But it's there. You well, see, that's just, not the you same can't thing. see it. Yeah, but that's not what Kill's saying. Yeah, but, they're, they're right. all wearing the but, predator but, outfits. But in a way, it is. It. Hey, here's no, the no, thing. In a way, it you is know, though. When Viking, when Viking landed, they did uh, a number of tests. This was back in the seventies, and they had a test for. They had two tests for life. One had to have only. A low level of reaction to indicate life. One was much per million. I know which one you. I know right, the study you're talking right, about. Right, and one was much more stringent. So they did find evidence for for a, a chemical reaction which would indicate that life in microbial form was present in the soil. And this was kind of covered up. You know, people just didn't want to talk about it. They said, "Well, you know, it's such a low amount of." Of, uh, of gaseous material that we can't really say for sure. But the whole point was it was designed to detect a very low amount. That's the whole point of the, of the, uh, of the test. So, you know, then there are anomalies on Mars. There always have been. But until I see a fart. Yeah, no, well, no here's, here's a, you're, missing the, you're missing the point. I get exactly what you're saying. You're talking about actual microbial life. Yeah. No, no, this person was talking about there's like cities and, and beings oh, yeah. and, and, and automobiles driving around and they, they have jobs and they wear like uh, bow ties because bow ties are cool, right? Uh, so <laughs> this person is saying that there's like living, breathing, humanoid beings on Mars, like six foot, eight foot, ten foot, whatever. Not yeah. microbial life. And they're in some sort of spectrum of reality that we can't see them. So when we look, oh, there's nothing but rocks. But, you no, know, they're there. And, and they're walking around and they're doing their Martian uh, stuff. You know, their okay. wibbly-wobbly stuff. Well, uh, two, but we just can't see things, Two or three things here to, to look at. First of all, if they're in another spectrum and we can't see them, then how the hell does this guy know that they're there? That's my point. 
That's what I was the trying se- to get to. Thank thing, you so much. The channel, that's what Thank he you. did. He thought and that's well, exactly what yeah. he was getting at. But, but, <laughs> the other, but the other thing, and this is something that Kiel talks about, but Kiel was ahead of his time because we now have, we have physicists saying the exact same thing, except they call it super string theory. And so, you know, you know basically mm. what, what it In says is that any, anywhere yeah, where, where you probably no. have uh, a, a large gravitational force, like where a planet is located, where a sun is located, that type of thing, then that, that force, gravity, is probably going to be existent in that spot, more or less, across the, the spectrum of possible universes. Does that make sense? So in other words, there are some things that are going to be common. So if that's true, then there could be another Earth here and another Earth and another Earth. Right. We can't, well, we you, can't no, perceive no, it. Yeah, but here's the thing. No, we're talking about parallel universes. And, uh, exactly. We're talking about, exactly. Yeah, that's a, see, that's that's a different animal talking. than what this person is saying, right. though. This right. person is not saying parallel universe. No, no, they're saying, no, no. They're sort of sharing this reality with us. They're just slightly off... Uh, the, the wave that we're on. They're just not and, using the same color spectrum right. that we are. Well, guys, basically. But see, but see, that's the whole point. The thing is, is what superstring theory basically says is that there could be other realities that coexist in the same space and time and in different time reference in the same space and all these other types of things, but we can't perceive them and they can't perceive us normally under normal conditions. So, you know, the thing is that that Somebody who's got a simplistic view would say they're on a different vibrational frequency, but really it's it's kind of like that because they're on a different wavelength. What they're calling a vibrational frequency is actually a wavelength of the spectrum of reality itself. So you know you have all these new age people that that, that try to explain these advanced concepts in their simplistic way, and they kind of better they than kinda, Yeah, they bungle it quite quite often. But you know it's kind of like the people that. That claim to channel things, you know. Um, I channel, I channel the ascended masters yeah. and the galactic council and all this other stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what you do. If you want to channel that, maybe you really are getting messages from somebody. Excuse me. I have a collect call from the Palladian system. For- <laughs> but here's the thing: if you if you if you can channel somebody that you can't see, how do you know who the hell you're talking to, or what Personal, they're telling you right. is the truth? I mean, do you exactly. have space or ID? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> or even even better, maybe you're just completely Looney Tunes. So you know. Aha. Uh-huh. I mean that that whole thing. Bingo. When you claim to be a For channeler and you record what you're channeling, you know, not just through your own mouth, but say somehow independently you verify it, then maybe somebody will listen to you. Here's the thing. Let's talk about that for a second. Uh, channeling uh, the new agey stuff that uh, that is really popular now with all the kids. All that's all the rage. All this. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm from. I'm a star seed. Yeah, that's all the rage. Like, what the Man, hell that, is that's wrong so, with people? That's so loaded for bad jokes. A star seed. Yeah, I'm you seeing. ran down your daddy's leg. You know. Oh jeez. And <laughs> I mean, what every time I hear Cyrus is, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, you know, that's bad. I know, but hey, you good know, it's so absurd. Or I'm a walk in. Oh, does that mean you're demon possessed? What the hell is that? Walk in. You know, Walk I've had out, people. You know? I've had people contact me to be on the show before, uh, Mike, and I've had a, a person a few years, it was like two or three years ago, contact me uh, saying I'm a star seed and I have a story to tell and and I want to get on your radio show and and I have uh, this really interesting story. You're just gonna flip out when you hear it. And then I, I asked her, you know, exactly what do you mean you're star seed? And she tried to explain to me what she meant by it. And then, you know, that she was saying, Oh, I'm from another 
galaxy and started explaining all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, well, were you born on Earth? Well, yeah. So how could you be from another galaxy? You were born here. Like, the whole concept of you know, it's really, really mind-bending. Right. Semi-retarded. Well, all, all, I, I do have Only semi. Only semi. I, I got to have a retort on this one. One thing I do realize, though, you know, whether it's localized on this planet or not, reincarnation does exist. Oh my! There's hey. been too many. There's you're, 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 you're touching on something I was about to talk about. Go there's ahead. a Ooh, you know, my whole thing is, is that you know, there's been verifiable evidence of children being able to recall, you know, children that have been able to recall their death during World War II, uh-huh. or, you know, and all sorts of other information. Like, um, the best one was the kid who was asked what was he in a prior life when he was three years old, and he said, I a was toaster. a train... No, a train conductor. Oh. A train conductor. And he literally gestured with his hand, going, toot, toot. But the funny part was, is the kid was blind. Wow. Well, I'm gonna tell you guys something about well, about reincarnation. And I'm having, just wondering. I'm just wondering uh, if you know if someone's reincarnating I, yeah. from another universe or a parallel universe or from another star system here. I don't know. Now, or maybe he just went two two and likes trains. You know, like you know. well, <laughs> well here, if the kid's never guys. seen it. Think but when this. he sleeps, he dreams. Maybe he dreamed of a train. If he's you know, blind, like, how can he dream an image of a train? In his mind, he created what a train would look like, and he. Dreamt of a how, if train. he's never seen before, how would he know what it looks like? Somebody described what a train. Somebody sat there and they're like, "I'm going to read you a story. I'm going to describe the little engine that could." And he started describing automobiles and cars and trucks and trains. And one day he got all caught up on trains, and the kid just loved trains. Okay, Thank you're you. just making excuses. Bro. Now, now I'm going to give yes, you guys another, another explanation <laughs> for all of this. For, I'm for just trolling. Oh, you good. You have a better explanation. Yes, good. I think. Yeah, because mine blows. I've actually man, I'm read sorry. all this literature on reincarnation years ago. Okay. And I'm sure it's better did. than anything I have. And, and here's here's my take on the whole situation. And this does touch into what Alan was talking about about other planets and other universes and people possibly being reincarnated from other places. Okay, remember earlier we were talking about energy and about wavelengths of energy and how everything's made out of energy. Mm-hmm. This this is this is true, right? You know that's why uh, you know we're, uh, Einstein said that energy can matter can never be destroyed. It's just transformed into energy and vice versa. Nothing right, is ever right. really destroyed. Okay, that's what they say, if, right? Yeah. If you're talking about a super spectrum universe, right? And understand that the human brain. This has been verified in the lab. You guys can Google this and find it. the The human brain is an electromagnetic transmitter and receiver. Absolutely, that it fires neurons to work. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that. Under select conditions, they have proven that it can actually receive and send a form of radio waves, and it can receive radio waves. Uh, how many times have you been driving down the road, and you think about a song, and you turn the radio on, and that song is on? Mm, last, time it ha- last time it happened to me was 1997. That's happened to me all It was Kids from a Rose by Seal. Well, I'm going to tell you guys, forever. it's... It's not impossible. It's not impossible that your brain was picking up the fre- that frequency. Could be. Yeah, it's really it's not impossible at all. They've already not at all. It all depends on how many happen. cavities. Now let's now let's take it let's take it a step further. Okay, the Earth, just the Earth, is the largest electromagnet we know of. It has a, an iron core which is rotating, and it generates our magnetic field. Without that going on, we would have no Van Allen belt, and we would all die very quickly and painfully from cosmic radiation. Yeah, okay. we just wouldn't be here to begin yeah. with. Yeah, there yeah. you go. But this, but anyway, we have 
we, we live on this enormous hard drive because that's basically what it amounts to. Just like the inside your computer, you've got this this thing spinning that generates the entire electromagnetic response of the computer. The same thing happens with with the Earth itself. It generates an enormous electromagnetic field, and actually, every now and then, it resets. That's when you have what's called a a magnetic pole reversal, and then it right. comes back like a thousand times stronger than it was right before it flipped, which, by the way, we're getting close to a flip. So when it changes, the laws of physics may be a little bit different because the electromagnetic field on the Earth will be a lot more powerful. That happens every time it flips. And they can tell that by looking at the the formation of of iron and other other, uh, magnetic uh, minerals. Now, here's an interesting question. But but, but, but wait. Alan, okay. Here, here's the thing. Point I'm getting at. Let him get to the if, point. If, if if the electromagnetic field of the Earth is kind of like a hard drive, and then you got phenomena on the Earth like uh, residual hauntings, reincarnation, or people who think they're reincarnated, all these types of things. Who's to say that people that are are under the impression that they're reincarnated are not actually people whose brains are attuned specifically Uh to different tracks, different people's memories, different people's experiences Uh that Uh have been laid down, just like on your computer. When you delete a file, that file is not gone. It's always there. It can be recovered by someone who knows how to recover it. What if everybody's electromagnetic imprint from your own brain, which is an electromagnetic transmitter, is, leaves a permanent record in the electromagnetic field of the Earth. That explains ancient traditions of so-called Akashic records. It, it, all the ancient texts of religions that say everything's recorded, somebody's going to know what you did, you'll never get away with it, even if it's in eternity. All these ideas are out there that tell us that there's a record of everything. Now, if there are people who ha- say, let, let's just say that this child had, that you're talking about, Alan, has a a brainwave pattern that is so similar to that of a guy that lived 400 years ago that subconsciously or even consciously he starts experiencing this guy's memories. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I get it. I, I okay. understand. And, no, and, this, and, is, so, I, this actually makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get, to, get to, your, to, to the rest of the point here, but let me just interject for okay, a second. Okay. Uh, this actually makes not only perfect sense on, on a technical level and a scientific level, this actually uh, correlates to something that I, I – read about years ago that really? dealt with water itself, where water uh, scientists are looking at, at H2O as a possible form of, uh, of data storage, almost wow. like a hard drive. Uh, think about it. What's the most abundant thing on the planet? Right, right. Water. Well, you know, and see, guys, here, here's, <laughs> the thing, here's the thing about this. What are we made of, 90% of? Water. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? And, and see, again, you know, the thing is that people... You know, when you start thinking in these terms, most people are not going to think like this because they're going to think, well, he's just reincarnated. Well, okay, if you want to take it further to what Alan was saying about other worlds. So let's say that someone is so sensitive in some way electromagnetically that their their brain matter in a purely physical level has tuned into a frequency from somewhere else. A recording in the gravity – in our gravitational neighborhood, okay, the Earth. And so maybe they are picking up something from, from another ancient place or another place that exists right next door, you know, along the, the super spectrum. So, you know, but if it, again, hard evidence is, 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 hard to come by. 
it's hard to come by. But when you do have these kids who know things that they shouldn't know, it could just be that they are tapped into to this field. And by the way, if there is a field like this that is recording everything that happens at all times, mm-hmm. I've been okay, that would uh, that would also <laughs> oh yeah, hey, hey guys, that would also explain so-called clairvoyance. Yes. That would simply mean yep. that those people have a brain mm-hmm. that is tapping into an information database that just naturally exists. And not everybody can can tap into it. Okay, now if that's true, here's an interesting question. Um, is everything past and present and future recorded and can be recalled at any time and any point? That is hmm. a good question because – and there are a couple of reasons that, that that's a good question. And, and the, hold on. One more question. Since okay. you have an iron core spinning around at the center of the earth, I believe yeah. that whole ruins the hollow earth theory for anybody else who it, is it, in It does unless, yeah, in way, yeah. unless the hollow earth is, an, is another, another place in the super spectrum. In other words, what we perceive as an iron core rotating here, somewhere else there may be something completely different there. But it's not in our our aspect of reality. You understand what I'm saying? Well, in our aspect of reality, then there is no hollow earth. But here's another thing, too. What Alan asked about about time and space. Okay, Einstein said that time is an illusion. That, you know, we're trapped in a forward stream of time, but that Mm -hmm. the future already exists. Whatever is going to happen already exists. And he even went so far as to say at least once that time may be circular. So if that is true, then the answer to your question, Alan, is that if everything already exists eternally, which means you know, without past, present, and future, it just is, then yes, you, there may be those who can tap into that other – aspect of, of reality in other words yeah but hold on going- einstein hold on einstein also turned around and said and it's been proven already that the closer you get to the f- speed of light the slower time is so if you're traveling yeah. at the speed of light time stops so if that's the case the pr- future or the past doesn't exist if you're traveling no, it, just, it just means it just means that from your point of reference time stops right not 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 time itself that's just your point of reference because you're going you, you've reached the speed of light light and supposedly you can't surpass it but now that is also coming into question but yeah guys, i've seen that yeah but, but but guys think about this too okay if as so many things seem to indicate the more we learn it seems like everything is information everything is literally made out of information you know the heisenberg uncertainty principle basically shows us that reality itself on the quantum level reacts to being observed as if it knows you are observing it and it will behave in the manner that you expect it to but when you're not looking it will do something completely different so you know if we start looking at at the whole universe as an informational structure then this makes a lot of sense with ancient religions and belief systems and stuff that basically talk about beings that speak existence and speak you know speak everything into existence that's just a fancy way of talking about using information to create things now you have this idea also which is really big right now in scientific cir- cir- circles that you know our reality may be a simulation or our reality may be a hologram well guys if that's true then that just means that it is information and that there has to be somebody who put that information in place. Who is that somebody? Nobody knows. Somebody like me, I say it's it's a creator. But other people may not believe that. But the fact is that the informational side of it is is pretty obvious. Now, one thing about this is that if the universe is a hologram, then that means that there's somebody or something that is outside of the hologram. And that somebody or something is not 
is not subject to the laws of our space-time continuum because the space-time continuum itself is a hologram. Do you guys want to see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I get it. So, mm-hmm. in other words, they can this this this, this being or this entity or this group of entities or this super consciousness or whatever it is, it can reach in at any point and interfere in whatever it's created. It's just like somebody fine fine tuning something that they've that they've made. So, if we look at it like that as a holographic creation, which to us is like Jackal said is is immense and for all practical purposes infinite from our perspective. But if there's somebody out there that designed this thing, then they can reach in at any point in the in space or time and and affect something, or they can transfer information from one point of the hologram to another point or to an individual within that holographic matrix. This completely erases Yeah, this completely erases our uh, free will though, cuz I mean the I just want to make sure rate. no one hits the reset button. That's all I'm asking. Well, you know, maybe it re- may- maybe or maybe free will is a necessary hmm. illusion. It probably is. You know, this goes all back again to my comment about the water. We're all based out of water. I think that's where we all got to avoid drinking that water. If you don't want to have past life regression. Well, it's, it's interesting that water can achieve a crystalline state. Uh, yeah. Water, water is also they, they've proven that water has something called memory. They've they found out, for instance, that water uh, under certain conditions seems to seems to. First, when they freeze water um, under different conditions having to do with emotional responses, mm-hmm. the crystalline structure changes. This has yeah. been shown in the lab. Okay, mm-hmm. so so here's the thing. Water is just one form of matter, but the Earth is composed of many forms of matter, and there is a large, large crystalline component to the Earth. You know, it's been postulated that, it, that there could be an entire region of, of crystalline structures at some point down, you know, cl- down around the, the, the mantle, the core, the core mantle boundary, somewhere in that area. You know, again, this would this would be something that could store immense amounts of information. We're now ju- we're only now starting to realize that that quartz may be the future of, of information transfer and information storage because you can just yep. pack tons of information mm-hmm. in the tiny piece of quartz. Now, just yep. think, if there are huge, huge, like billions of tons of quartz and other hmm. crystals inside the planet, there's there's just almost an it, infinite capacity for not just hard drive storage, sort of on a natural basis, right. sort of a correlation here, but for computing power. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes me back to uh, Superman, the uh, movie from uh, 78 with the crystals. Yeah, it's a very similar idea. Yeah, very really similar is. idea. Guys, we're, we're out of time here for the segment. Mike, uh, fascinating stuff as always. Uh, give everybody the website address uh, to your show and uh, the time so they can listen in. And, of course, uh, you know the other website uh, you know for your other endeavors. Sure, sure, man. Uh, well, the website for The Outer Edge, The Outer Edge, is www.theouteredgeradio.com. That's theouteredgeradio.com. We're on Sunday nights at midnight Eastern, and so uh, check us out. We have a lot of fun. I, I believe that uh, we've got a little bit of a loyal fan base already. And yes, uh, I'm a fan. Also, and also, um, my personal website is modomorphic.com. M O T T I M O R P H I C. It's M-O-T-T-I-M-O-R-P-H-I-C dot com. And if you want to see my blog, just add slash blog 
onto that. And uh, not a lot of stuff there, but there's a little bit so far. So anyway, that's about all I got, guys. Mike, hey, Mark, you're, a heck of, you're a heck of a good guy, man. Thank you for being on. I appreciate on. it, guys. I had a lot of fun. Not to worry. Have yourself a great night. Right, guys, uh, we're going we're gonna to be back on Skywatchers Radio in a couple minutes here with our next guest. Mr. Joseph Mara is going to be on with us. And uh, we're going to talk to him for about 30 minutes. So stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio's Skywatchers Radio. In an infinite multidimensional universe of pure consciousness and pure energy. However, we can find infinite awareness to finite labels of experience in the physical world of what we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you can catch my show Saturdays at 12 midnight on the Dark Matter Radio Network and thesecretteachings.info. We will explore this reality without a rigid socio-political, religious, or scientific belief system. Namaste. Hi, this is Kayla Ambrose, and I'm your travel guide to the other side. I'm inviting you to join me on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. Each week on the show, I serve as your travel companion as we explore the concept of many paths and one destination, bringing you enlightening and inspiring interviews with world-renowned authors, artists, teachers, and researchers, delving into metaphysical, supernatural, and paranormal topics as well as new discoveries in the scientific and spiritual arenas. Join me here as we explore the mysteries of the universe, rediscover the magic in the world around you, and reawaken your spirituality. It's the shows you want, when and where you want to listen to them, all on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. See you there. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. Might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. 
Remember, Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me and Nancy, I, Karumba, Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. You're listening to PSN Radio, the best in talk radio anywhere on the internet. All right, everybody, welcome back to Sky Watchers Radio, and uh, this is the second hour of the show right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the big network. Thanks to Mr. Keith Rowland for making it happen every single week, and of course, everybody who puts on such a great show on this network, uh, you know, everybody from Future Theater, uh, Fate to Black, all the good shows on the network, please check them out. Uh, go to Dark Matter Radio Network or Dark Matter uh, Radio.net and uh, check out the website, go through the uh, time slots, and uh, make sure you... Uh, Check out all the shows on the network. Really good stuff. Uh, joining us now, and uh, by the way, guys, open lines. Again, if you want to join us, please do so. 786-245-8127 is the call-in number. Uh, right now we are joined by Dr. Joseph Mara, who is, uh, of course, a regular on the show here. This is the Night of the Regulars on Skywatchers Radio. Joseph, uh, welcome back to Skywatchers, my friend. It's been a while. You've been kind of uh, MIA from Skywatchers hey. and, uh, fr- and from everything. How you been, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? You're up in the uh, mountains somewhere right now, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I'm in Pennsylvania in uh, the little rolling mountains here. And, uh, yeah, I'm a little MIA because there's no cell service there. There's no Internet connection unless uh, – I guess there is some uh, – there's Internet connection in the in various places, but it's uh, sketchy at best, and at least in the rural areas where I'm at. And so that's why it's really difficult to really uh, connect. And so, as you know – uh, I got up, out of bed here and I drove up to the top of this hill where I was able to get some cell <laughs> yep. service so I could talk to you guys tonight. Thank you, and we really appreciate that. We really did. Now, you haven't you haven't gone away from society and become like a hermit in a, in a cabin somewhere in the woods. This is not what's going on, right? What's going on with you? Because you no, have disappeared, no. and uh, you know we're, we're worried about you, man. We we get worried here on the show. They were beaming me up. I had no choice. <laughs> is that what happened you're getting abducted and you had to run away from the aliens that's what's going on it, right exactly that's what the show's about tonight right <laughs> it, that's what the show is always about my friend i'll tell you know bring us up to date with what uh the, you know what's the latest with you i know you uh you have a couple of exciting uh uh things happen recently uh within your practice you wanted to get you know get out there and uh, you haven't been able to do your show in a few weeks so i know you've been kind of muted which sucks yeah, I know. You know what? The, we're working on it. There's a, there's a, we got some uh, big things coming for September is what we're mm. – uh, uh, I know that uh, you know we, I've had uh, a gentleman named Tolik on the show in the past. Correct, and, yeah. And then and I – I don't want to spoil the surprise, but we've got some big names uh, that are going to come on the shows like we've had in the past, a the, the collective group of people uh, – um, well, like I said, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's, it's right up this alley here, so to speak. So uh, we're trying to put it together. It's, it's difficult sometimes to get some of these uh, people on the same show at the same time to uh, uh, make something happen and do a co-creation. So 
Uh, we were going to do it for the month of uh, August, but we couldn't get everybody together on the same page. So we're we're working towards uh, September, and I got some individual guests that I want to bring on as well. So we're working on it, and the reason I can't do it again, I'm back in Pennsylvania helping my mom. Uh, she was tearing down her house, and uh, so I had to be here to help her out. Not that I had to; I wanted to be here. And, and now that that's done, that happened uh, today. Now I'm gonna. Uh, get back to New Mexico in the next week or so, and then uh, you know we'll be back doing the show again. But as far See, as uh, that's a man who's uh, a good son, right there. See, taking care of mom. Oh, cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hey, mom uh, comes. Mom comes first, always, man. So good job. That's it. That's it. I had to travel out here, and it's you know it's not a, a, a quick flight or anything. I mean, it's a, a big to do to get here. But to get mm. back to the show. Um, you know, it's interesting to practice medicine and incorporate what we're talking about here tonight, uh, you know, ET contact, uh, whether you're seeing something in the sky or, and, and so what I've noticed over the past several months, uh, the past year or so, but definitely the past several months are people are coming out and more and more people are coming to, to me as a uh, primary care provider and telling me these stories of things that they're witnessing now when you say witnessing you're talking about like uh abduction uh, at night or or just stuff like lights in the sky uh what kind of scenarios are we talking about when you say witness well um not abductions uh okay it lights in the sky for sure okay and so uh i'll just give you this quick story the um a husband and wife were laying in bed and they had their backs to each other, and the one was looking out the window, and the other was facing the wall. And the husband was looking at the wall, and he saw this orange glow on his wall, and he kind of nudged his wife, and who was already like mesmerized by this orange glow that she could see across the field. And uh, he's like, "What is that glow?" And she grabbed his arm to pull him around to, to look, and they were both looking at this orb of light that all of a sudden came out of the field, and and rose above their house and then and it came towards them it was about a a quarter mile away and all of a sudden this thing rose up and and they could draw the bottom of it i mean it was a craft and it was right above their house like i don't know if they were to give a an estimate it was just a couple hundred feet above their house and so they called uh his father to get down there because they were freaking out and i don't know if covers can can help you if <laughs> it words against the abduction no. order, but of course they're hiding <laughs> under the covers. And so there were three people that saw this. The two people, the husband and the wife, were seeing the same thing at the same time. And then their father and father-in-law saw it from a distance. He was like a mile down the road. And so as he was coming towards it, all he saw was an orange orb that was coming across the sky, and, and it was kind of flashing. So he thought it might be like, I don't know, a cell tower or something. But in the when, in the location where they're they were talking about in New Mexico, there's nothing there. So there's and, and so they were trying to run it through their brains, like, okay, what could this be? And they're trying to debunk it. You know what I'm saying? And right. meanwhile, right. this thing was right above them, and so they saw the 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 demarcations of the 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 workmanship of the the craft and all this stuff. So that was one case. But what's interesting is more and more people were are coming forward and saying, look, I saw this, and I know I'm going to sound crazy and all this, but, you know what I'm saying? 
What? Let me ask you: Do they have any uh, pictorial, video, any evidence uh, besides just uh, the first high, first hand eyewitness accounts? You know, I asked them that, and you were so freaked out. By, and it happened so quick. They got the cell phone out, and they were uh, phoning their father. And so that was the task that they had. And by the time uh, they used the camera on the phone, people and record the event. I mean, something. Give me. I know it was seconds. It, was, it happened in seconds. It was so quick, and they were so excited and well, actually fearful, and that they didn't they didn't take the time to do it. You know, so now are, was, are these folks? This is a couple of months ago, but uh, did you uh, record your session with these folks at all? I mean, uh, was this uh, recorded on video or audio at all, or how did you? Uh, well, no, no because this is a well, you know, <laughs> this is actually family medicine, so I'm not going to, you know, like ah. we try to separate this what a lot of the mainstream considers woo-woo from, uh, and plus there's a uh, what would be a HIPAA violation for me to be recording somebody in the in a a day-to-day practice. Right, unless they consent to it. I mean, they could always give yeah, consent. And, if it's an ongoing and study the, uh, and what's going on in the phenomenon. Right, and because I'm not here to do that and I don't have all the uh, hmm, the, the legalities worked out, you know, even if they give uh, uh, consent, I don't know how far that goes with HIPAA. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. a lot of providers are fearful of crossing that line and saying, oh, okay, well, this is family medicine, but, okay, this, we had this UFO phenomenon right. happen, and I want to record it. And so a lot of people don't do it for that purpose, for fear of legality. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. How many cases like this do you uh, do you get on a monthly basis? I mean, this was a couple months ago. Do you get them uh, periodically every month, or do you sometimes uh, go a few months without somebody uh, approaching you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'd go months without it, but what was interesting is that particular month, it was like uh, two months ago, I believe, uh, that two days in a row, two different people from two different parts of New Mexico, because I work two different jobs, and, and they're about 90 minutes apart, uh, people had seen different uh, phenomenon, different craft, and so... And I didn't document it, and I go through this so often now that it's just like, oh, yeah, I, that's no big deal to me. To them, it was an event, you know. What I'm Joseph, do you think a lot of this stuff is uh, imagined uh, by these folks, or do you think a lot of this is authentic? Because I mean, you know, I'd love to believe that they were being visited. Of course, I'm a true believer that there's life on other planets, but I just don't think they're coming here as often as we think. I mean, is there any part of you that thinks, well, they might be just imagining this? You know, is it? Is it well, does that creep creep in your mind? At all? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, uh, I don't know what it was. In fact, it could have been our own. It could have been our own military because there's a lot of military that bases. Also, yeah. There's a lot of research that's going on in New Mexico that we don't exactly know what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm not saying that it was uh, somebody, an alien from off world, but right, it right. definitely was something that we don't typically see, which is, you know, a UFO. So I can't say what it was exactly, but. How many people? people how many people come to you with? Day. Yeah, but how many people come up to you and uh, and have like videos or, or pictures or anything like that? Do you have Do you have many of those or no? No, no. I gotta be honest and say no. I don't. I don't have a lot of that. And and this is what goes back to what we were talking about earlier. These a lot of these events happen so quickly. And as you mm-hmm. know, I I've captured the Phoenix lights on my own camcorder, and it yeah, just did, so happened yeah. that they were out over. Phoenix, and I ran outside because that's what the, my intention was to be there to capture them. 
and it just mm-hmm. so happened that they were there. And it was so fast. I mean, within a minute, and you can see in the footage, it might be a minute, 40 seconds or something, and it was gone. And if I wouldn't have been prepared, but even while I was in that moment, I was excited, but I wasn't scared at all. It felt awesome to me, but I was shaking like a leaf. I couldn't quit, and it was annoying me because I was trying to get this footage, and here I am. I'm like, I wish I had my tripod. In fact, I even said that in the video. So I, I guess that could explain why a lot of people don't get it, but... More, another thing is the the how good is your footage at nighttime on these phones and that's another good point. You know, and here's the thing: uh, you got to put yourself in the uh, position of uh, the person who's going through this, ex- this experience, uh, especially if it's not something that you normally go through. It is really difficult to be there and, and say, "Okay, you know what? Step number one: get my phone out and I start recording this." Right? Because you, you most likely you're going to be like, "Holy poop! There's a UFO yeah. sitting right there." Yeah, you and might be a little bit preoccupied. You know? I I might be pooping in the pants if it moves my direction. So <laughs> let me not move. Let me not move an inch because I'm going to be urinating all over myself in a couple seconds here because this is a scary situation. <laughs> exactly. Most people, I, I think, would be terrified in front of a, of a glowing object in the sky, That even if it's one of our own. People are and, easily scared. And well, we don't know if it's our own. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah, that's always the fear factor that we don't know what the heck it is, if it's one of ours, if yeah. it's an alien. And really, anything, even one of our own, uh, to most civilians, is going to look alien if it's a right, UFO-looking right. or, or saucer-looking. Sure. So. Well, this, and here's the thing. It's like you're mesmerized by the moment. And you don't right. want to That's look it, yeah. away for fear it's going to go away. And so if you look away to grab your phone and it's gone, you're like, ah, oh, why did I do that? Because <laughs> this is like one yeah. of those, you know, once-in-a-lifetime, seemingly once-in-a-lifetime deals that people are afraid to look away because they don't want to miss anything. Now, uh, Joseph, I, I know you're you're up in the mountains, and you missed the first part of uh, the show, the first hour. We were we had Mike Mott on the on the show here, and uh, you know he brought up something that was fascinating at the end of the uh, the segment there, uh, talking about the Earth and how it's uh, sort of like a hard drive, the way it works with the magnetic, uh, you know, the magnetic uh, sphere around the Earth and stuff, and uh, it was just really a, a, an interesting uh, concept. Uh, and he used this as a way to explain why there be, uh, you know, why there would be people that would get telepathic uh, abilities or mediums, or people have uh, past life regressions and, uh, you know, think that they lived other lives and stuff like that because it's all recorded by the Earth in a sense. Uh, and it's all data that's recorded, and we're kind of just uh, reliving data that we're picking up on a transmission sort of. Uh, the reason I bring that up now is because I know that you do a lot of work also with folks, or you've had folks on your show at least that uh, that talk about, you know, being from another star system. Them, uh, star right. seeds and stuff like that, um, and I know you also have uh, said on the show that you communicated uh, with uh, with uh, the being. Uh, was it from another star system? Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that do channeling, and mm-hmm. uh, and so to me, a lot of that is uh, um, telepathic. And uh, my best friend here in Pennsylvania, she's. Uh, her name's Terry Epoletti, and she's a she's a deep channel, and she's a psychic medium, whatever you want to whatever word you want to call her, and uh, she can shift her consciousness or channel individuals. And the best way I can put this to people that get freaked out by it is, is on the the movie Ghost, where uh, Whoopi Goldberg she channels the the uh, essence of Patrick Swayze, you know, and and that's basically she shifts her personality aside and allows him to come through, and so. I've experienced that over and over and over and over, I mean, for years. And not just with my friend, Terry, but with other people, because 
it's kind of like us on the phone here tonight. You attract more people to talk about UFOs because you're open to it and you attract it. And so, yeah, I've experienced all kinds of various ET beings that have come through telepathically. I haven't physically seen them, but it's channeled information. And some of this information is just beyond concepts of just like what you're talking about, the magnetics of the earth and there being a recording. It's just kind of like the old eight tracks or the old, uh, tapes that we used to have. I mean, it's recorded onto that. Mm, right. Which that's the, that's the basic idea because uh, we're even discussing how water could be a form of, uh, of, uh, data collecting and, uh, quartz crystals and all kinds of different things on the planet. And DNA. Itself. Right. And, and DNA, DNA, the human DNA as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we're just scratching the surface scientifically, and people weren't open-minded enough to even hear some of this stuff because it was so what was considered or perceived as outlandish, like, oh, yeah, like, that's ever going to happen. And it's the same principle. We're going through this shift of uh, evolutionary thought and an acceleration process right now. It's just like, it's akin to when people used to think the world was flat, and it totally changed their paradigm of the way the universe was when they found (laughs) out that the Earth was spherical, and and also that we weren't the center of the universe. But that's how big the shift is in consciousness that we're going through right now. So you're going to see an acceleration of science and all kinds of stuff, just because right now humanity is open to it. You want to hear something crazy, though, uh, Joseph? There's a, a flat Earth society. They still think the Earth is flat. <laughs> well, I you know kid what? you not, my friend. Look it up. The Flat Earth Society exists. It, this is a real thing. These people apparently didn't get the memo from uh, Christopher Columbus when he sailed the seas. So nobody's told them astronomy happened. Uh, apparently, they've never seen Cosmos with uh, Neil deGrasse. Uh, they they don't understand that the world is round, and uh, there well, is you a know society. What? I got to tell you something. I'm, when I'm thirty thousand, almost Sad. forty thousand feet in the air as I'm flying, there seems to be a little bit of a curve. But the Earth is so big that even from the sky, it appears to be pretty flat. But we have satellites now that can turn around mm. and look back at the planet and say, "Okay, look at what we got." Here. So, you know, without our technology, we would still be mm, the same with like uh, microscopes. We before we even we had an idea that there was bacteria or viruses and things, but we couldn't really prove it because we don't have within our five senses any tool to prove some of these things. It's beyond our perceptions. And now we have the technology to prove what the concepts that are. And just like you mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to find so much over the next several years. I, I'm really excited about it. So that concept I haven't heard of exactly, but it makes <laughs> sense to me. Honestly, it's like, wow, yeah, that, that makes pretty, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What, the Flat Earth Society? No, no, no. Oh, the, I was about uh, to say, uh, I was going to start judging your uh, your sanity for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the memory with, we talked about the DNA and the crystals and the water. Yes. And, you know, Sorry, I've had that. a lot of Robotus in the last uh, week, man. I'm a little bit high <laughs> in the Robotus. Well, I shift the gears on you, too, though. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but but you know that's a, that is a fascinating subject, man. If water could be used, or DNA, or anything on this planet could be used to to keep data. I mean, how do we know that you guys uh, or mediums or anybody who's channeling uh, space brotherins uh, from uh, uh, you know whatever galaxy light years away, uh, whatever channeling from maybe another d- dimension or a demon or a ghost or whatever? Uh, how do we know they're even channeling where they think they're channeling? Uh, you know, for all we know, they could be picking up a wave of some kind of memory that was it here is. from a being. I believe that. that. That is exactly what's going on, Angel. But 
each level of understanding and consciousness, um, there's levels but then, within yeah, the but universe. Then at this, oh. But at this point, and that's good job, but at that, you know, if that's the point, uh, then we really aren't channeling any being anywhere. I mean, it, we're channeling a, a memory. A, you know, we're yes, really chasing but, but you can't ghost. go from kindergarten to to uh, to uh, um, your senior year of high school within an instant. You, there's these stepping stones you have to go to with understanding, with belief, and you can accept it. You chew on it for a while, and you're like, oh, okay, I get that. Now you're ready for the next step. So what I'm saying is people could get behind the idea of archangels and angels that are all around us. And people still can today. But those that are in these higher awarenesses know that a lot of these angels and beings like that were nothing more than uh, remembrance of uh, an ET culture or a species that that presents themselves in such a way that's acceptable to that person's consciousness. And so as we move forward, you're going to find out we're losing you for a second there. Go, Go ahead. Uh, you're, we're grabbing onto these conscious memories because actually mm-hmm. time is, we look at it in a linear way, past, present, right. future, but it's all happening in the present moment of now. So you could look at we're it from now, now. perspective. Yeah, exactly, now and now. And we're shifting our consciousness <laughs> moment to moment to moment to moment. And so it's really hard to wrap your head around this. some of these concepts. It is, but at the same time, uh, if that's the case, then we're really not picking up, like I said, a, a sentient being anywhere uh, that's still living. We're picking up uh, remnants of uh, somebody's thought or uh, somebody's right, life. Right, not the way we know it. Right. Our life, the way we we describe and we uh, um, define life, we're going to find that's another whole other topic. Is like, oh, wait a minute, we thought you had to be a biological, you know, being just like human beings or just like a cell uh, you know, a single-celled organism. But, you know, I think that we're going to redefine what life means over the next, you know, several years to decades or whatever it's going to take humanity to get in this. Yeah, we're, we're always doing that as it is. We're always kind of redefining uh, our existence a little bit on this planet. It's amazing, though, uh, you know, all these concepts and stuff, and it really is all theoretical at, at the end of the day because we know so little. Isn't that amazing? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's the, that's the cool thing is, like, we can argue all day about it. And, you know, every single person from their vantage point is correct. So the truth is nothing more than each individual's point on what we would consider a path, if you will. Yeah, of it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah, yep, it takes me, back to, uh, take me back to Star Wars and you hope and Obi-Wan Kenobi's brilliant, brilliant line. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean about everything it's being... From yeah, a certain perspective. From a certain per- point of view, from a certain perspective. Uh, that is uh, that is one of the most brilliant cinematic lines in any film, honestly. I mean, it, it just there's so much beauty in uh, in those movies uh, in Star Wars. Yep. Yep. Uh, especially the dialogue and uh, just uh, some of the, the deeper meanings behind things. Uh, Lucas yeah. was a brilliant filmmaker back in the day. I don't know what happened. Well, you <laughs> know what? The prequels, but man, yeah, yeah, Charger. Any of that kind of information that was back then, I guarantee you, was channeled information from an individual, like a psychic person, or an, or even himself. And I thought that he had a car accident that, that yeah, catapulted we, yeah, him into doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We did. We we, we brought that up once. And you know what's funny? Uh, there is a report, and I read this a long time ago, with, where Lucas. Um, you know, there's a psychic that came out that said that Lucas uh, took the entire Star Wars story uh, from a real event that happened to him in another planet on a different life. Wow. That's Possibly. pretty amazing. 
Possible. <laughs> All I know is that it's possible. Uh, guys, we're almost sure. at the end of uh, the segment here. Uh, Joseph, uh, a lot of fun always having you on, but we got to have you on sooner. And we've got to have you back on the radio, uh, you know, permanently uh, sooner also on your own show, man, because we miss you on, on the network. So uh, thanks Thank for you. being on here on this segment. And uh, it's always fun to have you on, man. We've we got to have you on in the next uh, couple weeks or month. So don't be a stranger. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. It was really fun. I appreciate the dialogue. No worries. It's always fun with uh, Jason Mara here. Hey, give uh, everybody your website address if you have one still up and running. So they can oh, you know, yeah, search definitely. For you and keep track of what yeah, you're doing. Like the NSA. There's, okay, there's two. There's a, a guiding light and uh, uh, universal talk. And so if you just just punch any of those in Google, you'll find it. I mean, or just put in my name. I mean, I'm on YouTube and Facebook and, uh, you know, universal talk, uh, a guiding light, spelled L-I-T-E, uh, dot com. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, universal talk radio will come back soon, right? Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. All right, it sounds like a plan. Guys, stick around. This is Dark Matter Radio Network. PSN Radio. We're going to be right back with Stephen Roberts right here on Skywatchers Radio. Stick around. Don't go nowhere. It's been so long since I've seen her face Pray she's doing fine. I still recall our sad last day. How it hurts so bad to see her cry. This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio Thursdays at 5 p.m. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts, in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy and surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays at 5 p.m. on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. We live in an infinite, multidimensional universe of pure consciousness and pure energy. However, we can find infinite awareness to finite labels of experience in the physical world of what we can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear. I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you can catch my show Saturdays at 12 midnight on the Dark Matter Radio Network and thesecretteachings.info. We will explore this reality without a rigid socio-political, religious, or scientific belief system. Namaste. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 
954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Hi, this is Kayla Ambrose, and I'm your travel guide to the other side. I'm inviting you to join me on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. Each week on the show, I serve as your travel companion as we explore the concept of many paths and one destination, bringing you enlightening and inspiring interviews with world-renowned authors, artists, teachers, and researchers, delving into metaphysical, supernatural, and paranormal topics as well as new discoveries in the scientific and spiritual arenas. Join me here as we explore the mysteries of the universe, rediscover the magic in the world around you, and reawaken your spirituality. It's the shows you want, when and where you want to listen to them, all on the Explore Your Spirit with Kayla show. See you there. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. everybody welcome back to sky watchers radio and again we're live on the dark matter radio network and psn radio this is the last segment of the show and joining us is mr stephen roberts himself the host of cancel the cabal unraveling the secrets and about 59 60 other shows i mean how many shows do you have on the air stephen seriously well live shows uh four for now only four, so I was exaggerating just a little bit, but welcome yeah, to Sky so Watchers How Radio. many of the shows are dead shows? <laughs> well, not so That's much. That's another dead question, shows. yeah. Not so much dead shows, but I do have three other slots from uh, midnight to two that uh, I fill on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, I normally just play a lot of pods on that uh, network. It's a bit of a smaller network, trying to build it in that, you know, but um, anyways, uh, it's quite hard for me to find people up at midnight anymore imagine us at one in the morning to three huh 
Yeah, especially when it's, I was I was I was going to answer the uh, Skype uh, snoring there. Uh, <laughs> no, no, we can't we can't have that. We've had issues on this show before with people falling asleep uh, on the show before the show. That you and others, you know, it's it's been a, a bad karma on the show. So thank you for not starting with that. Uh, but you know, we recently did a show together, which uh, is one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on for this segment because uh, we touched on something that um, that is going to be a subject that we're going to go over this show on this show, not only tonight, but in the future, Re- you know, really, really uh, close uh, in the future. I'm talking about like uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks, uh, there's a big, big guest that I just booked and I haven't talked about it yet. Alan doesn't even know about this, uh, but it's somebody that I've been jonesing and trying to get for a couple of years now. And he finally said, yes, we're going to put it together. And uh, it was just funny that we had, uh, you know, we had the show that we did the other day with Preston uh, Pete and uh, a fascinating gentleman, by the way, uh, talking about ancient aliens. And I guess now would be the perfect time to announce that on Skywatchers Radio in the very near future, uh, probably the next uh, month or two, we're going to have a, a, an extremely well-known guest who's been on with Art Bell before, Michael Heiser. Dr. Ooh. Mike Heiser. And if you guys are familiar with uh, this gentleman, uh, speaking of ancient aliens and uh, speaking of uh, debunking the uh, show Ancient Aliens, which Mike Mott has uh, just filmed a, a spot on. Sorry, Mike. Uh, but, you know, speaking of that, uh, he did a, a lot of work debunking Sitchin. And, uh, of course, he came out on the Ancient Aliens debunked video, which was phenomenal. I mean, uh, they did a great job of debunking a lot of the stuff that they talked about on the, on the show. And, uh, you know, we got into that with uh, Pete because he also talks about ancient aliens. And uh, that was a fascinating show, man. Just, a, you know, an amazing, amazing uh, hour and a half that we had on there with him. Uh, and he was just uh, going on and on about a lot of the same stuff that uh, Michael Heiser talks about, stuff that I've been researching. And uh, really, uh, you know, it's amazing that, uh, that this is getting out there more and more because, you know, I think people have been kind of uh, brainwashed with this whole uh, Planet X and, and the Hiru, Anunnaki, uh, you know, the ancient alien stuff, uh, you know, everything is ancient aliens. You know the memes with George Tukalus, everything's aliens, right? Uh, people are really brainwashed by this stuff, and it's just, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Well, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know, I think maybe it goes to the uh, anti-Christian. I, I think maybe it, it has a little something to do, to do with the anti-Christian movement. Um, not that uh, everything's going to be God in that, but uh, everything can't be aliens. I think you are right, though. But uh, yeah, um, I think we we talked about it the other day on uh, on the show with uh, Preston. Some of them, some of these movies that are coming up, like uh, Mission to Mars, and uh, th- there's another one. I'm I'm still trying. Um, oh boy, I'm still trying to think of the name. I can uh, research it, but uh, I mean, I can look it up quick. But uh, it well, Mission there's Mission to Mars, and there's the Ghost of Mars that came out. I think the same year. Well, Is that the one you're talking? About? No, 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 no. This is um. Oh, Terry O'Connell was the Mission to Mars one. Prometheus. 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 That's right. I'm picking up. Well, that's the prequel to Aliens or Alien, supposedly. Yeah. That's. But but the the whole premise of that movie was uh, aliens came to planet Earth just after the uh, the Big Bang or whatever, and the uh, cool down and seeded Earth with the uh, uh, with the you know the protogens and the uh, uh, little amoebas or whatever. Uh, the DNA. The man took. The man did something to himself, and uh, he just kind of disintegrated. And his his DNA supposedly or allegedly seeded Earth. 
Right. Yeah, that was the whole premise for Prometheus. Was uh, and you know, and here's the thing. There's a controversy about that, by the way. That, that and I don't know if you've even heard about this. Uh, the, there's a controversy that what happened in the beginning of that movie had nothing to do with Earth. That that actually happened on the planet where the uh, beings were found, and uh, that it was just uh, it looked like Earth, and that that planet was habitable until he did that and uh, changed the structure of the planet, messed everything up, and then they all died because of it, and that's why only one little pocket of, there was only one little pocket of, of air that could be breathed, and uh, there's there's a lot of uh, stuff uh, surrounding that. But the whole purpose of the movie is they think that they're you know looking for the ancient aliens that seeded Earth, seeded yeah. life on Earth, uh, which is the premise of the movie. It's a, it's a good movie. I, I liked Prometheus a, a lot. I thought it was a, a great film, uh, but it's a film based on stuff that has never really had any scientific backing, and that's what is great about the work that Dr. Michael Heiser has done uh, when it comes to debunking the ancient alien stuff, because a lot of uh, the stuff that that movie's based off of, it, it's kind of hokey. You know, it's, it was made up by uh, by Sitchin. I mean, when you really go through the work that uh, that the Heiser's done, I mean, it's amazing all the stuff that Sitchin lied about, and it's it's incredible how many people base their belief and have written books and. And and go on tours and lectures and do documentaries, all really based on on the work done by one man, Zachariah Sitchin. And uh, again, guys, go to sitchinisrong.com. I mean, that website lays it all out. And uh, just uh, you know, knowing that somebody was able to debunk that tells you a great deal. It, it tells you two things. It tells you one that humanity. Uh, not that, I'm not saying we're dumb, but I'm just saying since we, for the most part, don't have the resources individually to research a lot of this stuff, even though we all have Google, we, we might not have the time or the capacity. We still want to believe, okay? Well, but we, yeah, but we still want to believe exactly. Still want to believe exactly. We still want to believe exactly. If is wrong, does that mean Von Von Daniken has? Some valid points, then. Yeah, you know, Alan, Alan, and uh, uh, Angel. Though, um, I think it just goes back to um, a lot of the things. Well, a lot of the the books and material that we that we have today, I could only uh, imagine that it's probably just a very very small fraction of what they are actually hiding, um, as far as research material, uh, books from the past. you know, we have just literally millions and millions of of documents and 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 books out there. But who's to say they they don't have uh, millions and millions of other books that that they've kept stashed away? And uh, oh yeah, the Hall of Records in, uh, in the Vatican is like five miles long, man. Yeah. And they don't let nobody go down there. I mean, not even the Pope can get an entrance. Uh, that tells you a lot, right there. The most powerful guy in the Vatican has to get. Special permission from the council. Well, the same yeah. way the president does, because you know. president's only got a four-year term or an eight-year term. Actually, I think the U.S. president can't even go in there. They can't even request to, to see those documents. And I'm talking about... No, but no, I'm, no, what I'm, I'm saying is this. the president can't get the documents on the UFOs because... On anything. You know, on anything, basically, because he's not the career politician right. or the career CIA director who's, who's going to be there longer than each presidency. Well, yeah, but here we're talking about just the UFO stuff. I'm talking about even on the Vatican. You know, the Vatican has a underground tunnel uh, in Vatican City that is about five miles deep, and it oh, has yeah. nothing but but records yeah. that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old. And for the Pope to go down there, he has to get special permission. The president has no clearance to go down there. Uh, you can't go on a tour down there and start. I wouldn't. Some of that I stuff. would not be surprised if. Half the Library of Alexandria's in there. In there, yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, more than half, to be honest all with you. All of it, yeah. 
yeah, all of it at this point. So that tells you, like, you know, and again, going back to the point I was making earlier, uh, you know, there's a, a great distinction uh, amongst the people where they believe stuff uh, right off of, uh, you know, just a, a faith. And uh, that's what happened with Sitchin, I think. Uh, people, they, they saw this guy, he broke down uh, what they were able to understand uh, were aliens coming down, and he, he broke it down in a, in a language that they understood. And people just out of faith believed it. But, you know, how how easy is that to happen? Very easy. That's how cults and, and religious movements happen all the time. Uh, people just say something, and somebody just uh, believes it out of faith without doing their own research. And that's why I, I appreciate when, you know, somebody like Preston Pete or uh, or Mike uh, Heiser comes out and does the homework, shows you how you could do the homework yourself and how you could do the research and prove, you know, that these things are our lies. I mean, it's not that Well, difficult. it's not that the lies. He was just really misinformed from his perspective. Well, not only not only that. No, no. Some of it, if you look at the documentaries, man, that uh, Mike Heiser put out there, uh, some of it was downright lying. Like Zachariah Sitchin was like connecting stuff and making stuff up to make it connect. And I mean, when you look at it, you you really start to almost hate Zachariah Sitchin. And I was a fan of Zachariah Sitchin for a long time. And, and it's funny, a lot of people that end up debunking his work started off as fans. Mike Heiser was one of them, also. Yeah. Uh, Chris White, right. the guy who did the aliens, uh, the I think his name was Chris White, who did the ancient aliens debunked video, the actual director of the video. Yeah, he even started off as a Sitchin fanatic, and you know he really researched a lot of it himself. And then he started seeing the holes in the story, man. And he was like, you know what? There's a lot of cheese in this story. It's it's very very holy. The story. And I'm not talking religious. I'm saying it's full of holes, man. There's plot holes everywhere in this Sitchin story. I can't believe this. And then he started doing more and more research, and he just uh, came up with the conclusion that it's all hokey. It's all fake. Yeah, well, you know, I think I think Sitchin might have had a uh, agenda. Um, I think so. Yeah, what that agenda is, someone can only speculate. But uh, um, Von Donikin and um, same agenda. Sukakis or uh, what's his name? Who? Giorgio. Oh, everybody has a problem with his name, but I me, mean, Giorgio Tukalus. Tukalus, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you say, it is. I don't know if I believe it yet. Oh, all we got to say is the guy with the crazy hair on Ancient Aliens. That's oh exactly, yeah. Van Danikin's uh, his, his, his do boy. You know, and look, I, I enjoy watching uh, his videos. He's a funny dude. He speaks, you know, funny. He's he's, he's engaging. He's. I understand why people like watching the videos that he's on in Ancient Aliens. Why they, you know, why they're fans of his. I get it because uh, he's kind of uh, he's out there. He's a little strange. He's weird, and it's fun to watch this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, he's regurgitating everything that Van Danikin's been saying for twenty five, thirty years years, yeah. 40 years, or whatever it is, uh, and all that stuff was regurgitated and, and given to him by uh, Robert uh, Morning uh, Morning Sky, uh, which uh, was one of the originators, uh, not to be confused with Robert Morningstar, by the way, from UFO Digest, two different guys, but Robert Morning Sky, uh, in the 60s and 70s, was one of the originators of this whole ancient alien stuff, and uh, he claimed to be a Hopi Indian, that turned out to be fake, uh, there's a lot of information on this stuff out there, and this is all comes back from, you know, from the 60s and 70s, from this one guy, and everybody started springboarding, because they saw, look, there's no way to prove, for the most part, back then there wasn't, you didn't have Google, you didn't have the internet, so for most people, they couldn't prove it, unless they went to the library, and who the hell wants to do that, really? Go to the library? <laughs> Nobody. Not, not then, not now. So for the most part, people are like, oh, yeah, we'll believe Van Daniken. It sounds great. It is something to believe in. That's the mm -hmm. thing. It's it's something to believe in, and people want to believe. You know, like the uh, the poster you said in the X-Files, I want to believe. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to believe. That's the problem. And he was given airtime on TV, so it must be true. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> you know everything we see on TV is obviously true. Obviously, you know, of course, yeah. of course. They don't lie to us on TV. No, never. <clears throat> Ain't gonna happen. Nope. No. no so uh, you've actually got uh, the Preston lined up for a couple weeks from now, don't you? Yeah, we're gonna have Preston, uh, Preston Pete here on uh, Skywatchers also in the next uh, few weeks. Man, we have a packed uh, lineup coming up in the next uh, couple weeks. And a couple months. It's going to be fun. You know, and we're coming up uh, in December here. I know it's only August, but uh, in December, which is only a few months away, uh, coming up to a one-year anniversary on Dark Matter Radio Network. That's a whole lot of fun. Very nice. Very uh, nice. I can't wait. Of course, uh, you know, one-year anniversary just means we're one year closer to the inevitable return. Yeah. And then we have to move. But that's neither here nor there. It's fun until that happens. And uh, when that happens, it's going to be even more fun for everybody on Dark Matter Radio Network. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let's leave it subliminal. You know what I'm talking about. And when that (laughs) happens, when that day occurs and you hear that voice again, you are all going to be in for a hell of a treat. And I'm dying for that day to come and for it to happen. So, uh, But moving on. just over the horizon, that's all. I don't want to talk too much about that yet because I don't know how much I can say. Yeah, but, uh, you know... uh, Yeah, you know the you know the voice. Yes, the one that you know is the reason why we. You know what, Angel? This. I I uh, <clears throat> I lost a job in 1990. Uh, I got laid off, and um, I bought a pickup truck, and I I went all over the country for um, I don't know a good 14 or 15 months delivering via, uh, delivering all kinds of things. Um, by trailer and that travel trailers, RV and stuff like that. And, uh, I spent many, many nights all over this country listening to Art Bell, listening to the, uh, uh so much of the subliminal part, by the way, there, Alan, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, he Subliminal? said it, not me. You can't, you know, we, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? No, you weren't well, supposed to say the, the name of the Holy of Holy. It's the, it's the Holy, the Holies of name. But you already said it, so continue. We all know the voice, man. We all know what you're talking about. Late okay. night in the desert. Continue. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But he kept me up, and he kept me going many, many nights. And uh, Amen but, to that, yes. The uh, mm. um, UFOs to the aliens, uh, you know, just the ghosts, werewolves. Um, the any, things that go bump in the night. And an assortment amount of uh, craziness. Uh, an assortment amount of, amount of craziness. Now, yep. you get into a lot of crazy stuff besides uh, Preston Pete and uh, the Ancient Alien stuff on your show, uh, Cancel the Cabal. Uh, you get into some uh, some, hairy, uh, some hairy stuff there, my friend. Not just the UFO topic, but I know that you, you're all over the spectrum with that show. Well, I like a good, interesting guest, and I, I don't really care what the subject is, you know. If, if the uh, guest interests me, if they have enough, uh, you know, of a a repertoire and a uh, uh, a good theme, um, <laughs> sure, I'll take any any kind of uh, show. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's very diverse. Now, I know you love the UFO uh, subject. Though. I mean, is that one of the favorite things that you like to cover on the, on your show? Well, or shows, I should say. <laughs> I've only done one other show that uh, done that, but. Um, Actually, I was very, very interested in UFOs as a kid. Um, I believe I actually saw something one night, and probably oh, do share. Yeah, I don't know. Probably like 1970 or 71. I was like seven, six or seven, somewhere in there. Um, I don't know how old you are, Alan, but when I was a kid, they didn't have seatbelts in the back of cars. 
<laughs> and they didn't uh, have cars back when he was a kid. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> they got horses and buggy. They He's got horses and buggies like the Amish. Oh, yeah. here's a good joke. What do you call? Can, can I crack an Amish joke? Since yeah, go ahead. They're, they're not listening. Yeah, they're not paying attention. Yeah, what do you call an Amish guy with a hand stuck up a horse's butt? Oh boy, I'm afraid to ask this question. What? A mechanic. Oh goodness. Moving on. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I heard that one today. I just kind of wow. laughing, visualizing it. Well, the children—they didn't have seat belts. We didn't have car seats. And you had wood on the sides of cars. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, we would just uh, create a ruckus in the back seat whenever we could, uh, all the time, anytime. And uh, I remember one night, um, my uh, mother and father played on pool leagues. Uh, I'm sorry, not pool leagues, bowling leagues. And I went and watched my dad over in a neighboring town. And it was late driving home. And I remember looking out the back window, upside down with my head up up towards the sky. And I was looking at what I thought were stars, but but they were moving. And they would move in one direction, and it would stop and turn and go into another direction. And I thought that was weird at the age of seven, and uh, and then I I thought about it. You know, I it it moved in like five or six different directions, and it uh, went at very very high speeds. And uh, I knew about UFOs, but I I was I was kind of on the fence. I wasn't really sure what it was. You know, I I couldn't imagine it would be satellites or in, in anything like that. But. You'd be surprised though that some satellites, uh, especially when the uh, you know the, the whole iridium flare, uh, thing, yeah, but changing uh, directions is Yeah. Well, satellites do change directions though. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how, you know how a kid would perceive a satellite changing direction and the way it would look. You know, maybe your perception saw you know a little bit more than what it, what was there. But uh, satellites do change directions, and there's a lot of satellites in space. There was a, a survey done not long ago, and they, they talked about how much debris we actually have left ourselves in space. And we are a dirty bunch of people on this planet. Let me tell you, we're we're not only dirty on this planet, we're dirty off this planet because we've littered all over the, 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 the very, very outer part of our planet. I mean, it is loaded with junk up there. Yeah, you uh, have no idea how many screwdrivers are floating around up there. Just floating around. It's a, it's a miracle that uh, the space station hasn't blown up like in uh, gravity. Aren't Seriously. They, aren't they tracking like over, over uh, 7,000 objects up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just floating around. It's amazing. I mean, we're such a dirty, dirty, dirty bunch of people. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're almost at the end of the hour here. We're almost at the end of the show, unfortunately. Uh, Stephen, uh, give us uh, you know your time uh, for your, your times for your show and, and uh, any websites you want to give out uh, to the audience so they can uh, track your uh, your uh, online activities and let the NSA spy on you and listen into everything you're saying. Well, yeah, I'll just I'll just give them that. I'll, I'll just give them the uh, NSA information that I have. And uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll um, anyways, yeah, I, I can be caught Saturday nights on uh, PSN Radio on uh, Unraveling the Secrets. I'm on Wednesday and Fridays, uh, 7 p.m. on People's Internet Radio, and uh, Sunday afternoon from three to five or three to six, whenever I can get a good talking guest on uh, Revolution Radio. And uh, my you have more radio shows than I could even fathom. It's amazing. <laughs> and I, well, I, I, I still have the uh, midnight to two a.m. Unraveling the secrets. Yep. Yes. What on on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on We Roar Radio on April Rains Network. Mm. 
with uh, the lovely Susan. Uh, what's uh, Susan? Uh, um, Susan No, that's on. There you go. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. unraveling. Yeah, unraveling. She's awesome, by the way. She Great is co-host. Yeah, she is. really love her. Can't remember her name, her last name for the love of no. me. Uh, some, <laughs> most of the times, but uh, I love listening to the show. She's really, really, really good on the show. Really, Pozel. really dig her. Uh, Pozel, yeah. Sorry, Susan. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. I'm sick. <sighs> I can't believe the night's almost over. Almost done. Almost, Steven, almost. Almost. Uh, thanks for being on the show here tonight, bud. I know it's uh, kind of last minute. Yeah, great and, talking uh, with you. Great well, catching up. And, uh, you, and uh, you know, uh, it's always fun to have you on. Uh, you know, you, you got to come back on pretty soon, man. Yeah. You haven't been on before. So. Uh, you know, I I didn't invite you on the uh, one Revolution Radio Network, but uh, something ended up happening, and we didn't do the show. I don't remember what it was, but... Also, I have to have uh, still have to have you on another time, though. Yeah, you know, I'm a little bitter about that. By the way, I wasn't going to bring it up. Uh, I wasn't going to say that because I was uh, I was tooting my own horn. I was like, ah, you asked me to be a guest. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about UFOs and stuff. And yeah. next thing you know, you're like, uh, yeah, you're canceled, buddy. You're like Matt Damon. Get out of here. Canceled. Get out of here. You're like you're like Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon all over again. I was like, really? I'm. I lost my internet. Matt Damon and me. That's messed up. Yeah, that's what he said. He lost his internet. <laughs> Likely excuse. <laughs> I didn't do a show that day. Was yeah, it was, it, it was weird. Everybody was. Everybody thought you had died or something. Like, man, where'd he go? It disappeared. Hey, he's not doing a show. That's just not right. Exactly. He's, he's a busy man. This guy, Stephen Roberts. Uh, Stephen, uh, thanks so much, man, for being on the show. Appreciate you your spending your uh, half hour here with us. And uh, again, guys, listen to his show. Cancel the cabal. Unraveling the Secrets, uh, all the other shows he mentioned. Great stuff. Uh, great guests always on his show. Um, Thanks for being on here, my friend. Uh, guys, we're almost out of time. I want to give a quick shout-out again to uh, Keith Rowland for making it happen here on Dark Matter Radio Network. And really quick, I want to uh, tell you guys, to next uh, for tomorrow, Wednesday, check out the time slot. I'm going to go over some of the shows that are, are going to be on the network. Paranormal uh, Filler is a new show at 7 p.m. Explore Your Spirits with Kayla. There you go. Uh, That's at 8 p.m. Then we got Podcast UFO Live at 9 p.m. And then Jimmy Church with Fate to Black from 10 p.m. on. Love this show. And then some special programming after 1 a.m. in the morning, so uh, Keith is still trying to fill that time slot. So uh, come back for Dark Matter Radio Network. Listen to those shows. Hopefully by this time next week my voice sounds better, and I do not sound... If not, I I don't sound... Yes, you do. If not, you know, hopefully I don't sound like Sylvia Brown again. So, anyway, uh, guys, (laughs) this has uh, been a lot of fun, and uh, stay classy. Stay safe. Keep looking up to the skies. Sky Watchers Radio. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Peace. Stone.